tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the GoCast podcast. It actually has no episode number because it is not a standard, uh, I guess, off-the-shelf normally wrapped uh, episode this is a different one uh, before we even get started i'm your host chris and as always i'm joined by my co-host kyle hiya hey kyle how you doing i'm doing good doing good good, good. and just for the sake of the timestamp, it is 4 51 p.m on uh february 15th <laughs> it's a tuesday afternoon not an evening quite yet although it is close almost Almost. So what are we doing here today? If you just started listening to this and didn't look at the title of it, we're talking Pokemon Legends Arceus today. Uh, we're going to construct this into, well, just two halves. We're not going to get too carried away with structure here, but two distinct halves. We're going to be talking spoiler free and spoilers. So we're, of course, going to start with the spoiler free section. This is all sort of generic sort of base level stuff about the game, like what kind of game it is. Does it do what it does well and things like that? And in the spoiler part, we will be talking about story beats, specific mechanics, some reveals and things like that. And for the record, Kyle and I have both air quotes finished this game kyle is much closer to true completion than i am (laughs) but we have all seen the story beats all the way through to their completion gotten credits and stuff like that so we can talk about this game in its entirety um although kyle can talk about a little bit of the fringe end game stuff a little bit better than i can so without further ado kyle spoiler free first of course uh let's just say let's say the first question what is your overall sort of take about this game if you had to give it in like you know a couple of sentences before we dive into details how has your experience been with pokemon legends rcs legends rcs is a fantastic pokemon game it is so much fun i i have plenty of other thoughts that are not positive about it that we'll get to but it is exceptionally fun and there wasn't a time where i was playing it where i was like I don't want to be playing or why am I actually doing this? Which is not something you can say a lot about some games, including doing all of the side content. It's all compelling for me, which is very rare. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Similarly, I had a very positive experience with it the entire time. uh, Even though it is a single player game, Kyle and I would spend time in a discord channel just chatting while playing our individual games and just kind of hanging out. And more often than not, we were at a similar location that actually happened uh, two or three times independently. We ended up spending almost the exact same amount of time in game and we're at the same story beats. It's very fun. Um, But it it is also, I think the words came out of my mouth, the best Pokemon game I've ever played. Um, But that does not mean, like you said, Kyle, that it is without faults for sure. But for those of you that might not have even played this game or have not even seen anything about it. What sort of game is Pokemon Legends Arceus? And I'm going to throw that at you, Kyle. Um, And could you maybe talk about how it's different than other, let's say, main series games? So if you followed at all, you'll know it's different in a general aspect from regular Pokemon games. But it is not the open world thing that everybody wanted it to be. It's got a pseudo open world where you go out into a specific 
large map. If you're familiar with the Monster Hunter games, it is a very similar formula in that regard. And there's a much heavier focus on collecting Pokemon than in previous games, despite the fact that for the last 25 years, we've all been saying, got to catch them all. This time you actually want to. The story specifically wants you to. Yeah, the the story element here, the main prime mover is the completion of the Pokedex in the area uh, instead of, you know, collect the badges, beat the Elite Four, what it has been in the past. It's it's very different and it it pairs really well with how different the gameplay is as well. So what are some like core mechanical differences? It's open world. That's great. But what does that actually mean, Kyle, in comparison to other Pokemon games? Well, if you've played the last couple in the series, specifically Sword and Shield and Let's Go, there's been Pokemon in the overworld, and they've taken that to the extreme in Legends Arceus. Every Pokemon you encounter in the entire game exists in the overworld with you, and you can throw Pokeballs at them. You don't even have to fight them. You can literally throw one from the overworld, catch it, move on. There's also some revamps to the way turn-based combat works, and we'll talk about that more specifically in a little bit. But that's a big one. And from a story perspective, as Chris mentioned, there's no gym badges. There's no Elite Four, no champion. There is conflict that you have to resolve, but it's nothing of a caliber that we've seen in other standard Pokemon games. Yeah, and we'll talk about that sort of replacement for that experience. It's it's not even like a replacement, it's more of a stand-in. It's another, like, here are a set of challenges that follow a similar formula, but are uh, you know, milestones for the story as well, just like gyms are. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler section to, to great detail. But suffice to say, there are like boss battles, just like the Elite Four, but they're not the Elite Four formula, right? It's it's a little bit different. Cool. So why don't we just start off kind of the top? Let's talk about the one thing that was sort of the elephant in the room before we <laughs> talk about the really great, charming parts of it. Graphics. Now, I'm going to I'm going to open it up here because, Kyle, I already know what your opinion is. It's pretty on Kyle brand a la sword and shield <laughs> feedback where the game on almost every other aspect is like great. And then you look really close at like something the wrong way and you're like, this doesn't look very good. The textures are a little, a little low quality. The draw distance can be a little funky. Some Pokemon will come into view and render, but be at a lower frame rate if they're further away. And think, have you seen that? I've seen that. I, I have it, seen that. Yeah, yeah. In particular with like that one, uh, that one flying Pokemon that you see around that waterfall. Yep. Yeah, that happened a lot. Yeah, for moving sure. Moving with no animation. In but I'm circle. gonna I'm gonna come in and say before I let Kyle start talking about this, <laughs> is that I think while some of the environment stuff does not look great, there are some parts of the game that do look really, really good. I think the Pokemon themselves look re- really quite good, um, and they mesh with the environment in a way that makes sense, even if the environment isn't that impressive. And I think the performance of the game is is really tight i haven't had frame rate drops i haven't had a lot of issues outside of that um and so if if that is credited almost exclusively to the graphical fidelity being a little bit lower i think i'm okay with that and now i'm going to foolishly pass it over to kyle who's going to tell me that i'm wrong let me let me go get my soapbox hang on okay okay Okay. (laughs) first off the pokemon look great they are 
an appropriate high-res version. I'm pretty sure they're the same models that we've had since Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon, whichever one they revamped them for. Which is okay, in my opinion. Yeah, Do you feel differently? It's, okay. it's a positive. It's, there's no negative in that regard. I didn't look at any Pokemon and go, ugh. That right. I wouldn't have already done just in general. <laughs> gotcha. But gotcha. the environments are so incredibly ugly. The, the world just looks so bad and not like not like design wise the way that there are cliffs or islands in the water or the the way there's hills and the trees and stuff like that that's not bad but the textures on the ground the the polygons on the tree the water oh my god i will talk about the water in a second (laughs) it just it looks bad it looks like a game that would have come out on the GameCube in that regard. If you take out the Pokemon and you just left me the overworld, I would have guessed it was a, from the GameCube era. It's that disappointing. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. And now with Sword and Shield in the wild area, I feel like this is similar, but it's like a little bit better than the wild area was. It feels more cohesive, more complete. It seems like the logical step for it. But graphically did not necessarily improve all that much outside of some draw distance things and the trees do look a little bit better you gotta give them that they, but i mean the trees in sword and shield looked really bad though they, they looked atrocious that's for sure but the yeah, i kind of ask yourself where do we hedge our bets with stylistic choices and what is actually a graphical uh shortcoming because you're never going to see photorealistic trees or photorealistic yeah. environments in the game because that's not pokemon yeah but on on the same note though the Pokemon don't feel like they belong in the environment. Oh, we I think, disagree I think, on that then. Yeah. I think in the entire game, pretty much very few exceptions, they they feel like they're from a different world, which is ironic given the kind of story beats they <laughs> go about yes. at the beginning. But it just – the backgrounds don't feel very stylized. They just feel like they were trying to do open fields, dirt, grass – sand i guess whatever you want to gravel and it it doesn't feel like it had any specific design intentions with the way it looked okay so question for you then um and, and this is not very much of a spoiler but there are different areas in the game right and and one of them is kind of like the the first one's like a very open prairie meadowy area with a forested area like some ponds some puddles a river mm-hmm. stuff like that very basic and later on, there's there's an ice area as well, and it's all coated in beautiful snow and things like that with with the texture depth not being really a factor when it comes to like the snowy area. Do you think that looks good? Because when I came into that area for the first time, I was like, wow, this looks gorgeous. Like this approach to environments applies well to this because it's just flat white textures, you know? Yeah, I think of the five zones in the game the snow area is definitely the best looking one but not by a crazy amount i i think it it suffers from poor design decisions more than the textures i think in that area okay so what's one thing that you think that they could graphically improve uh that would make the biggest impact i i think textures they the textures didn't need to be realistic they just needed to be stylized and they just feel kind of muddy and yeah. then before I get off my soapbox, I have to talk about the water because please I can't do. not. I only have two things to say. One, 
the water from a distance looks fine. They have the same repeated texture of like one square inch over everything, but whatever. If you catch a Pokemon in the water, if you haven't done it, the moment that Pokeball hits the water, it turns into a 144p texture of a Pokeball. You can literally count every single pixel on the Pokeball. I'm like, I could make a better sphere in Minecraft by hand without a template (laughs) than you see when the Pokeball goes underwater. I don't understand why it happens. Clearly, something is going on. But it looks so bad, I don't want to ever be in the water in this game. So the way that this game works with distance, from what I understand, and I I mean, I'm probably like half right now, but I used I used to understand this tech, at least in a way that I could talk about it when it comes to draw distances and things like that. um, When you're further away from something and it's showing an item like that, it, it scales it down and then at a certain distance, it pops back into full detail or a different set of textures that you can see it more detailed up front so it saves processing power i would imagine and again i'm completely pulling this out of nowhere that once it hits the water it considers that a point of no return because otherwise it would be rendering things that you can't see all the way down as it falls right to whatever the floor of that water is Mm -hmm. so it probably just treats it like that like it's oh it's under the water it's lost but you are actually catching a pokemon it's it's just so bad looking I would agree. I did notice it, too. And I'm pretty blind to that sort of stuff. Like, I'm really forgiving because I'm kind of caught in the magic of the of the property. But that one, I was like, oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. It. I was already, like, not feeling great about the graphics and stuff. But then you get to that that water zone yeah. and you catch your, you battle the Pokemon in the water. You catch it for the first time. It does the Pokemon zoom into the Pokeball and you're like. Oh no, guys! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then let's let's not leave the graphical stuff behind without saying something positive. What's the thing that you think looks the best graphically? It's something else I criticized heavily in Sword and Shield. The Pokemon animations look great; like they look really, really good. They do, and that's just it's just a straight positive. Seeing something use a hyper beam or a shadow ball they all look really good yeah getting hydra pumped by a gyarados uh is is terrifying as it should be which is great that's something else i want to talk about too when we start talking about story a little bit here but but first and foremost because we've already touched on it to a degree with the catching and stuff like that let's discuss um some core things about the mechanics something that's brand new in this game that we haven't seen in other pokemon games i guess you could argue poffins and things like that but it's it's crafting and an almost traditional MMO or RPG sense where you collect things and you craft things out of those things that you collect. Kyle, how has your experience been with crafting? And you and I have both played a bunch of MMOs and RPGs and things like that. So mm-hmm. we're super familiar with crafting. We play a lot of Monster Hunter. You know, we know this stuff. How does this system feel to you as a veteran in that sort of game with that mechanic? So this is a funny one for my answer because I have two answers. When I started playing the game, I loved it. It was so fluid because you can gather crafting materials at the exact same time you're catching a Pokemon. And then at the exact same time you gather other crafting materials, it flows very well with the story that you're playing. But the problem is they kept all of the items from Pokemon in this game. (laughs) There There are different names, obviously, but there are potions, 
hyper potions, max potions, uh, nine different types of Pokeballs, which is arguably many less than normal. There's all of the X items like X attack, X speed, all that stuff. There's Berries. new items like smoke bombs or scatter bugs. Yeah. And there's different crafting materials for all of them. And some of the stuff is only used for one item. Well, I've also found that, especially when it comes to like the potions and things like that, they use a suite of the same uh, items. So like potions, you have to, in order to craft a hyper potion, you have to craft a, a regular potion. Then it's a regular potion plus one more ingredient for a super and then super potion plus one more ingredient for a hyper. Yeah, so but like, so like all of the X items use their own combination of berries, for example. Are the, you using any of those items? I, I'm not, but they, the okay. fact that they exist means that they drop. That's the that's right. the part that is frustrating because playing through the game, crafting your own items, very fun, very enjoyable. I actually felt compelled to go do it. Mm-hmm. Post game where you're using 100 Pokeballs in one trip out in the field, I don't want to craft that anymore. <laughs> I'm tired of gathering up or and uh apricorns to make pokeballs now that i've played the game for 75 or 80 hours something like that so you bring up a good point though too we didn't talk about the other half of the crafting experience which is gathering how does gathering work in this game and is it fine for you yeah i mean i liked it it's you quickly select the pokemon you throw the pokemon with look at the tree and press a button and your pokemon gathers it for you it's great it's very fluid it's incredibly fluid. The control scheme for this game was a little bit off-putting at first, but once you get used to it, it's pretty good to go. It's sort of like a combination between Monster Hunter and Dark Souls meets Pokemon uh, to a degree. And, and the difficulty level that's associated with those two types of games is present. This game is more difficult than other Pokemon games, most certainly. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that, though. <laughs> we will. We but absolutely you- will. Chris has said it, so I have to just say one line about controls. Who made sprinting pushing in the left joystick? There's no other way to sprint in this game except clicking the joystick, and I hate it. Just I hate it. Well, there's also that, but like when you so uh, you can. This is not a spoiler because it was in the reveals. You can. There's mounts in this game as well, and you mount certain Pokemon. Uh, Wordier is the one that was like poster child. (laughs) <laughs> yeah shown the sprint button while you're on word deer is a different button than sprinting when you're on foot and that is maddening yeah <laughs> it's, it's maddening, so maddening. yeah uh that's just some con- that's just some uh, game design 101 but you know it is closer to the jump button which you don't have when you're on foot so i guess that makes sense but <laughs> who am i man <laughs> who am i that being said traversal in this game now that we're talking about controls how do you feel like traversal is like, did you feel like you were really like guard railed into anything or what? I don't think this is either also a spoiler because it was in all the trailers because uh, Braviary is one of the mounts in the game. Yep. And the game is fantastic for transversal traversal until you get Braviary. Braviary's design is maddening. Absolutely maddening. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you dislike about it? It's not a flying mount, as you would see in a traditional MMO. It's a glider, which, like, by itself wouldn't actually be that big a deal. But every time you get on it from foot or from another mount, it, like, lifts off into the air a set distance that you can't control and then starts going. 
And so it just drives me crazy because then it, it obviously glides. It doesn't go vertically. So if you go near a hill, the hill's like rapidly approaching your face and you're just going to land on the hill and then you have to <laughs> press the mount button again. You jump 30 feet in the air and you do it again. And it's like there's so many hills in this game that happen. I just oh, it's my God, true, but, but I kind of <laughs> like it that way because it's not letting us hit like a certain like height where everything looks bad and stuff like that. So I like that it's controlled in that way. The part that I don't like about it is that there's no way to just go straight down without just dismounting. Yeah, so a lot yeah of you got to go at like just, a 30 degree angle. Yeah, people because there's a dive and a sprint. There's a flat sprint out front where you just kind of glide a little bit, lose some altitude. And then there's a dive, which is really fast uh, for when you're controlling Braviary. But Wait. for <laughs> vertical descent, quick vertical descent, you literally just hit dismount <laughs> just and then try up. to hit mount again before you hit the ground because there is falling damage you will die <laughs> yeah yeah and you'll get take back to camp and you'll lose whatever you have well you'll lose some of the valuables you had on you and right. we didn't really mention it but you can find other trainers packs and send them back and you'll get a currency for that mm -hmm. i am fully convinced that 95 percent of the packs that i find on the ground are from somebody dying from falling off their braviary Oh, 100%. The places that I find these things? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, too hard oh. in the game to die otherwise, I think. Yeah, a lot of them I see like on little islands. I'm like, oh, you tried to land on this and you just didn't catch yourself, <laughs> did you? I see. I see. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about combat then since we're talking about controls and we just finished up traversal. So how is combat in this game different? And you did mention it was turn-based, but you and I both know that while that's true, it is non-traditional. It's very non-traditional in both a positive and a negative way. I've seen some discussion online about whether people like it or not. I'm not sure what the consensus is, but I've seen negatives for sure. Okay. okay. But the move sets are obviously simplified. There's a lot less Pokemon in this game than standard. So there's a lot less moves and they do slightly different things. So for just most simple sake, Stealth Rock doesn't set up hazards anymore. It's more like more like Burn, for example, just does damage every turn. Or Wrap, I guess that would be a better comparison. And there's a turn order instead of always going you, them, you, them, you, them. It adjusts based on Pokemon speed. So if your Pokemon is blazingly fast compared to the enemies, you might get two or three turns before they go. That's true. They also introduced something new called styles where you can do an agile style or a strong style for a move yeah. that your that your Pokemon has, quote unquote, mastered, which is they've they've had the move and they had another level up and that triggers mastery of that thing so they can choose between it. Now, the difference between these two styles here are strong style. Uh, it, it makes it so that you lose a little bit of of turn priority but in exchange you do much more damage and some other effects are boosted and things like that and sometimes accuracy is also increased uh, but for an agile one it makes a weaker version of that move and gives you more priority so you can maybe get like a slow one in and then a fast one or sorry a, a fast one and then a slow one in to maximize your turn if you, you can get somebody into attacks right but the payoff is obviously besides the drawback for turn priority, it takes two PP when you use a stylized move instead of a regular one. So there mm -hmm. is that. Do you like the style system? How do you feel, Chris? I love the style system. 
Okay. I, it, it definitely took some time to grow on me, but as I was doing more and more difficult combat and, and encounters and things like that later on in the game, I, I learned to appreciate it more. It's having me use moves that I have not previously used in the past and learning how to utilize the priority system to your benefit has been a fun experience. It adds some more depth to turn-based combat that I think is refreshing to something that I thought could not be freshened up. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I am not as positive on the styles. I think okay. they're okay at best. I I think it was a good start to an idea that feels like it needed another like six months of development to to actually work out. Because as the game progressed, I found myself, if it was an easy fight, not using it, obviously. If it was a slightly harder fight, I'd probably just use a strong style and one-shot it with the strong and not worry about the downside. And if it's a hard fight, every turn I just check that agile style and there's a little uh, turn chart on the right side that shows you who's moving when. Just check if I use this agile style, do I get two turns? No? Okay, I'm going to use it normal now and I'm not going to do anything. And that was it. And it was only when I could get the two turns in a row and go like agile into a strong that it sort of feels like I'm using the system. But that doesn't happen often enough. Well, yeah, you have to use several agile moves in a row sometimes to cue yourself up. But there's also like if I'm throwing in a sack swap Pokemon, right, that is just going there to like absorb a hit. I'll agile style. So it gives me more priority for my following Pokemon. Yeah. And so that's a. That's an interesting point, though. You do sometimes the agile. It's not like a full plus one priority like it would be in a main series game with like quick attack or something like that. It's it's more subtle than that. And the game doesn't communicate it. So you have no way of knowing. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many times I died in this game because the turn order did not match what was being displayed on the screen. Yeah, yeah, regularly, so it, regularly in the entire it, playthrough. It's because it shows what the turn order would be if the opponent used normal moves, but they can also use stylized moves. Yeah, and affect but, but, it. And like, there, there's a frustrating inconsistency of when the t- opponent gets a turn and when they don't, because when the person sends out another Pokemon after you KO'd their first one. Sometimes they just get a turn just right at the start. You don't get to even see what they put out before it KOs what you ever have. <laughs> it's because it's it's predicated on speed as well, right? So if they have but a like, slow Pokemon, why don't I get to choose one? my move? Like That's even if great... they go first, I should choose my move for response. And I feel like I lost so many Pokemon because I didn't have a choice. And that was hard. It, it made it difficult, but it not wasn't necessarily fair. I would agree. But it's also kind of like one of the things about this game is that there's like no rules, right? There's no official Pokemon battling because this is so far in the past. So it's also kind of interesting that things aren't going the way that we had originally thought that they would, right? Because it's not regulated. Like Mm -hmm. there are several uh, instances where you have one Pokemon against like three from one person. Yeah. You know, and even a wild encounter. Right, exactly. You're like, oh, I'm catching this Venonat. And like, you didn't realize there was a Hapowdon standing right behind you. And so then your Pokemon's like, huh? And the camera pan and the Hapowdon's like, let's its go. <laughs> um, that, that makes a great point that I want to bring up talking about the move changes. There are no AoE moves in this game. 
None. Right. Every single move is single target, despite the fact that the game loves to put you in a situation of one versus two or one versus three. Uh, well, there are AOE moves in the game. They're just mechanics in the overworld that have nothing to do with combat. Yeah. Yeah. OK, fair yeah. enough. But you, like, can't you can't hit them. two Pokemon with one move. Right. In, in, right. in combat. That's the right. that's the AOE there. I feel like you should be able to pick up a stick and like just go in, whack a weasel a couple of times and weaken it yourself. You know, <laughs> I think that that's seems... uh, I think that's the natural progression. I think that's what they wanted to have happen in Sword and Shield. And they just couldn't. They couldn't quite get there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So how do we feel about this new Pokedex, though? Let's talk. Let's talk about that a little bit, because that's the main focus of the story here. Like we said, what is the Pokedex experience like? Is it kind of a one and done catch sort of situation or are we really researching it? it can't it can't be that it's like there's a Dex entry for it. So let me just let me just pull out my phone in the year twelve hundred and, and check this Pokemon's <laughs> Pokedex entry. Wait, OK, so I'm going to ask the question for, for everybody. Does that have an explanation? Because it was driving people crazy. When yeah, I mean, they resolve it. it in the first five minutes. I almost right. don't even think it's a spoiler, but it depends on how people feel about that, I guess. Yeah, um, the Pokedex is great. It's fantastic first off stylistically it's like a a paper bound book that you flip through and that's just amazing on its own right but because there's no information about pokemon they want you to gather that information aside from just catching it and that can range from catching many of it knocking many of them out using or seeing it used Using or seeing it use a specific move. So you can do that either if you use it on your team or if it's in the wild, which is great. Uh, catching alpha Pokemon, which we didn't really touch on yet. And some Pokemon also have unique side quests associated with them that will complete their Pokedex entry as well. My favorite is catch without being noticed. Uh, I got one better. There's some Pokemon where you have to catch them while they're sleeping. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we kind of we kind of glossed over it a little bit, but catching in this game is so much fun. It's the most fun catching I've I've ever had in a Pokemon game, and I think they really nailed this core mechanic. So uh, you know, we we talked about the Pokedex. I don't want to talk about it too much because we'll get into spoiler territory. It, catching has been fun for you too, or did it kind of lose its charm over time? It's o- only charm that it's lost is needing to maintain Pokeballs. It, it's actually difficult to do because you use so many Pokeballs. Right, right. You catch more in the first maybe half hour of this game than a standard player probably catches in an entire playthrough of a regular Pokemon game. I What do you think? A regular, the average player probably catches like 40 Pokemon. Yeah, I was going to say 30 to 50 probably. Yeah. And yeah, you'll do that in like a, a an hour's work of playing. Oh, not even not even yeah. you know you know in your first area if you run out there and there's a bunch of bidoofs and weasels and shinks and stuff like that you're going to be just catching boatloads of them because why wouldn't you right the, the game rewards you for catching 
loads and loads and loads of Pokemon. But then it also punishes you for catching loads and loads of Pokemon with an absolute lack of a way to sort your box oh management God. in this game. <laughs> now, if, if I have one major complaint and I'm willing to let the graphics slide, I'm willing to let sprint <laughs> buttons being on being different buttons, you know, I'm willing to let that all go. What I'm not willing to let go is that in your inventory, there's one button that sorts your inventory. It's beautiful. Yep. I don't need to influence the sorting. I just want all my Pokeballs together in a row. I want my berries in a row together. And I want all of my sellable treasures in a row. And it does that. Now, you go to your box management, which is actually just a pasture in this game, which is kind of cool. It's great. There, <laughs> there's no way to sort. Not a single one. And it blows my mind. It's the same sorting idea. Why? What? And like, like, so you might be thinking, well, you can't sort in main series games normally. Yes, you're right. But in main series games, you aren't flooding your box with 15 Badoo that you just caught. On purpose. Yeah. You usually only are catching the ones you're most interested in, whether it's a shiny or you're checking IVs and stuff like that. And it's also compounded with another thing that is a feature – in every other Pokemon game that they didn't do here, it doesn't follow which box you're using or pastures oh, in this game. Yeah, so yeah. in a main series game, if you've selected box six has, you know, 10 free spots and you catch a Pokemon, it'll go into the first spot in box six. No problem. You do that in Legends Arceus, it will go into the first free spot in your entire pasture. And if that's in box one, it's in box one. If it's in box 22 it's in box 22 yep and organizing is a nightmare my favorite is going back and doing box management and clearing out or releasing pokemon in mass from like earlier boxes because they were from old catching oh, things i'm looking for a new pokemon i just caught and it's in box three out of 25 i'm like yeah and there is reason to catch and release pokemon in this game as well when you release pokemon they leave behind grit for you and there's a variety of tiers of it and grit is the way that they've replaced ivies and evs in this game they've simplified it all down to one specific stat and you just feed an item to the pokemon to perfect the stat you get immediate stat boosts when you do it you know watch your special attack go up you know 75 points when you max it out it's great Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite features it's just it's so simplified it's something that just desperately needed to happen i love it i just like it because it lets you catch one pokemon create your own personal bond with it and then you don't have to breed 50 of them or 500 yep. of them well first of yep. all, you can't breed in this absolutely. game absolutely you feel like you're actually powering up a pokemon right right exactly you're you're working with your partner pikachu ash wise you know and become the very best with an unevolved pikachu sort of thing <laughs> I mean, you could do it. You could do it. I think the last thing that we really got to talk about here, because we can't really talk too much about the story without spoiling it, I suppose, would be the music, uh, which is one of the most important things for me because I'm an audiophile. So <laughs> I'm going to let Kyle go at it first. Uh, how did you feel about the music? Sound effects are also included with this. I mean, I'm going to keep this very simple. This section is for you because I thought the music was almost non-existent. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. All Chris right. has made a couple of comments to me in private, so I'd like to hear his full spiel here because <laughs> I haven't heard it either. <laughs> okay. Uh, the music is absolutely wonderful. There's a lot of motifs that are 
um, referential to the original games, right? The original Sinnoh games. So that's really, really cool. You can hear specific musical themes when you go into certain areas like caves and things like that and uh, important locations for, let's just say, high tier Pokemon encounters without ruining anything. I love that. I think it's really good. But the best part, I think, about the way <laughs> things sound is the sound that Pokeballs make when they hit. Yes. Okay. And then when they confirm the capture, they don't go click with like a bunch of stars popping out of it. They have a little hole at the top and like a little firecracker pops out the top and blows up. It is so good. Yeah, that's it's good. And, so good. And there's a backstab in this game. It's just, if you throw a Pokeball and you get a hit directly on the back of a Pokemon, mm-hmm. it makes a better noise. It does. It's amazing. It's the so hit registry good. just it feels so good. And yeah. And some of the Pokeballs sound different from each other, too. Yep. It's 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 just so it's just so good. There are a couple of other sounds in gaming that are like that. Uh, The kill confirm sound from Halo is like that in in most of its iterations where they have one. You know, there's there's little feedback, things like that, that are just really, really good. One thing about catching Pokemon in this game uh, as well, though, too, is that you don't have to engage them in combat in order to catch them. You can catch them just directly in the overworld, which we've touched on a little bit. But what we didn't mention is that if there's like, let's say, five shanks around you, you can throw five balls like one right after the other. And before the first one's even confirmed done catching, the other ones are wiggling. So like you can queue up a bunch of catches like that. And the sounds are great for it. They just, it's wonderful. Big fan. On on that same note, I think there's a video out there right now of somebody comparing catching a Pokemon in, it's either Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, or Sword and Shield to catching Pokemon in Legends Arceus. Mm -hmm. In the video, in the time it took them to catch one Pokemon in the other main series game, they caught 12 in Legends Arceus. Wow. I don't know if we see Gen 9 this year. I don't know how I'm going to go and play Gen 9 if it doesn't have a feature like this. It's going to be exhausting. I really hope that they kind of go this route. You know, I would much rather see the most of the game be an open area like this and then a side area like the wild area was have space for things like the traditional encounters. I want it flip flopped because yeah. I think this is a yeah. much more organic, natural experience like the, these Pokemon, even though like you're saying they don't fit in their environments so well to a degree like the fish Pokemon and water Pokemon are cool because they, they kind of do mantine and mantikes will like you know skip over and under the water in groups tentacool and tentacruel will go under the water make some bubbles and move around yeah like it, it, some it of feels them like feel i'm good. existing in a world with pokemon regardless of graphical fidelity it actually yeah. feels like this world is alive which right. i think the wild areas suffer from drastically in sword and shield Right, exactly. And even there are some little tiny things about the the way that the Pokemon act, even in regards to you. Like I've mentioned on the main the main show, but Paris, super aggressive, will see you from a mile away and will forget your name and what your face looks like for the next 25 years. But a Bidoof will literally let you walk up to him. He's like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And you can yep. still just basically touch a Pokeball to his forehead and be like, you're mine now. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's that's really, really good. good. It's very, very good. 
So I think to wrap up the spoiler free version, let's give our uh, let's give our out of 10 score for this game. And if we would recommend it to a Pokemon fan, if they're just listening to this section to see if they want to buy it. So, Kyle, out of 10, how would you rate Pokemon Legends Arceus? I think it's an eight and a half. And would you recommend it? Without a doubt. I okay. would recommend it to almost anybody who likes video games. You don't even have to just like Pokemon here, I think. Yeah, I but if you like agree. Pokemon, it's a must buy, in my opinion. 100%. I agree wholeheartedly on that. Uh, and for the same reasoning, I'm actually going to give it a nine because I think it's really, really good. Uh, I would love to see the quality of interaction that Pokemon Snap had in a game like this uh, and better graphical fidelity. And I think I would be nine and a half, ten for sure. But that's going to do it for the spoiler free uh, portion of this discussion. And uh, I guess we'll be back with the spoiler cast. See ya. Bye. Bye.